Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to the Fit and Fabulous podcast with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous today. Today we're talking all about Mediterranean style diet. This is another golden oldie top of everyone loves this episode about Mediterranean style diet and why it is so amazing and why I absolutely love it and why we should all be eating a Mediterranean style diet, which is full, full, full of vegetables. Now, before I just give you one big message about vegetables, a little apology for last week. I gave a a shout out to a couple of people in the Facebook group. If you haven't come and joined the Facebook group, come and join it because it's where all the action is happening. It's super fun. It is called Healthy You, Healthy Family. I'll leave a link in the show notes, but essentially the URL is Facebook groups and actually the URL is Healthy Happy parenting. I don't know why these things are never simple. But anyhow, I gave a shout out to a couple of members who have made changes, except I pronounced their names wrong. I said, oh my goodness, let me get this right. Shana, when it should be Sheena. And I said, Megan, when it should be Megan. So big apologies to you two. Um, Oh, I'm hopeless with names. So I spent my entire life by my art teacher being called Orlena and not Orlina. So I know how frustrating it can be. So big, big apologies. And yet congratulations, because the changes you made on eating pears and Brussels sprouts are really huge. And this brings me to my big message that I want to talk to you about. And it's all about the vegetables. I cannot emphasize this enough. And people talk to me about vegetables 
my one-on-one clients, the people in my group program, and I say to them, and how many vegetables did you have with that? And they'll say, oh, I had a little bit of vegetables, but, you know, a little bit of vegetables on the side. And I reply, you're not getting this whole vegetable things. It should be more vegetables. Half your plate should be vegetables. Essentially, look at this another way. Out of every two bites you take, at least one should be fruit or vegetables. That's how much fruit and vegetables we're talking about because they're good for you and they're just naturally low in calories. So vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. Now, on Thursday, we're going to be doing a Facebook Live in the group, 1 p.m. Eastern time, and we will be talking about Mediterranean style diet and how we can eat more vegetables and make it easy and simple. So come and join that. Right, I'm going to let you hear all about my favourite, favourite Mediterranean style diet. The Mediterranean style diet. Why do I love it? Well, firstly, one of the things I like about it is that it is an easy framework. It is super easy to apply to whichever way of eating you like. So you don't have to think Mediterranean style food, although I do urge you to go and look at Mediterranean style food because it is super easy and quick to make. But if you want to, you can do Mediterranean style diet with um, Indian food or Chinese food, whatever type of food. You can take these concepts and apply it to whichever cuisine you like. And as I say, it's super easy. It's just about making tweaks to your way of eating. So you don't have to make these vast, vast changes, which are often not sustainable. Let's dive in and have a look at the big study that was done. So in 2011, the Spanish government funded a study called the PREDI-MED study. Now, I don't want to get into politics, but I do not think that it was the current Spanish government. I know it wasn't. But what I'm referring to here is um, we have lots of strife with our Spanish government at the moment who have political prisoners. Now, I don't want to get into politics. So if you're interested, you may Google it. Um, But I don't think it was the same Spanish government. Now, Um, When you do a study, you do need to say who funds it, because obviously, um, if you have a vested interest, then you need to declare that. And um, although the Spanish government isn't directly involved in olive oil production, Spain is one of the biggest producers of it is the biggest producer of olive oil in the world. So I think that is something interesting to bear in mind when we're looking at research. Let me tell you how the study worked. They took 7,400 Spanish people. Now, these Spanish people were at high risk of heart disease. They didn't actually have heart disease, but they had risk factors. So they were either overweight or they had type 2 diabetes. And there's a list of um, risk factors that they may have had. And they were aged between, the men were aged between 55 to 80 and the women were aged between 60 to 80. And what they did was they divided them into three groups And um, these three groups had different diets. So two of those groups had the Mediterranean style diet. But the difference between those two groups was that one of them was supplemented with extra virgin olive oil and the other was supplemented with nuts. And then the third group was a control group, which was the low fat group. And when I start to tell you about breast cancer, they specifically looked at the group that was taking the extra virgin olive oil. They studied them for several years. Now, they did not calorie restrict them. 
But those on the Mediterranean diet put on much less weight, particularly around the middle, than those on the low-fat diet. They were 30% less likely to develop heart disease and half as likely to develop type 2 diabetes. And they also found a link between reducing breast cancer and olive oil. Now, that paper does basically say, well, you, we need to have a little bit more about this. So there was one study and lots of papers came out of, this, out of this and I have linked to them all in the show notes. But the big take home message is that all the big nasties, the things that I call the big nasties, um, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, some cancers, obviously not all cancers, they helped to reduce this. And teasing out which bits of the Mediterranean style diet um, are responsible for this can be tricky. But there are individual papers. So the ones that I have linked to in the show notes are the effect of a high fat Mediterranean diet on body weight and waist circumference looking. um, So it's a pre-specified secondary outcomes analysis of the PREDIMADE randomized control trial. So yeah, really long jargony, but those people are looking at specifically the um, fat around the middle. The second paper is the initial paper, and I will tell you about a little caveat of this paper in a second. And that is the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease with a Mediterranean diet supplemented with extra virgin olive oil or nuts. And this was initially published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2011. Now, the caveat is this. They did this study, and they followed these people up, and they published the paper. And then some very clever anaesthetist from the UK said, hang on a minute, you have not randomized these people correctly because what you have done is you've put families in the same um, diet. So um, if you're a husband and wife, then you're going to either be eating low fat together or you're going to be eating the Mediterranean style diet together. And that isn't a true randomization. Now, this very clever anaesthetist found a workaround of this. And I think that it didn't affect just this paper. I think it affected other papers. So they retracted the paper and then they used his clever workaround, statistics. Ooh, those are complicated things. And um, then they did all the the stats again and then they republished it in 2013. So I have linked to um, a little bit about why they did that. But that's basically it in a nutshell. So for the geeks of you who like research, you can have a look at them. Now, the third paper I have linked to is reduction in the incidence of type 2 diabetes with the Mediterranean style diet. And the fourth paper is this one, the Mediterranean diet and invasive breast cancer risk amongst women at high cardiovascular risk in the PREDIMED trial. And it does basically say that they need a little bit more um, research into this, but that... um, Olive oil, extra virgin olive oil really can cut your risk of developing breast cancer. So these are super, super exciting findings. So let's have a think about what the Mediterranean style diet is, or rather what the Mediterranean style diet isn't. So you might automatically think of Mediterranean style diet. You might think of Italy with their pizza and their pasta and their risotto. And you might think of Italy, uh, sorry, Spain with their paella. Now, these are all refined starches. And actually, people in the Mediterranean 
don't eat as much of these things as the rest of the world thinks they do. Of course they do eat them. But paella here in Spain is a party food. It's for special occasions. When I went to a wedding a few years ago, the following day, um, the parents of the bride hosted a huge, great paella meal at their house the next day and they had caterers in they made this giant paella and it's a big celebration for a big event it isn't something that they eat every single day at least not the majority of people now obviously when we talk about people in spain you know um customs are changing here But I can see that people are going more to packaged foods and fast foods. But there is definitely less available here than there is in the UK. And the vast majority of people, lots of majority of people, still stick to those old ways of um, really seeking out good quality food. So if the Mediterranean style diet isn't processed flour... What is it? It uses more complex whole grain sources of carbohydrates, a bit of variety. As my friend Teresa says, I eat a little bit of everything and not a lot of anything. And I think that is really super important. So variety, less refined carbohydrates. So you're getting your carbs from vegetables and whole grains, good proteins, nuts and seeds and olive oil and wine and dark chocolate. Now, a little caveat about wine. In this study, people were permitted to drink wine, specifically red wine. There is a chemical in red wine called resveratrol. Now, I am not sure I am pronouncing that correctly, but that's what I think it is called. And this has been shown to be beneficial for you. However, red wine clearly contains alcohol. And whether alcohol, well, basically alcohol is very bad for you. And whether those benefits of the resveratrol outweigh the small amount of alcohol you get is really the question that we're looking at. And alcohol we will discuss in more detail throughout the podcast. Specifically, I talked about it when we talk about cancer with Vary. So check out that podcast that will be released in a few weeks. So let's have a look at exactly what they had. This, So you can see in the paper that they published, they, they published a list of what was um, encouraged and what was discouraged. So they start off with olive oil, more than four tablespoons a day. And I think this is really, really interesting. We have been brought up to believe that low fat is good for us. And we are really now beginning to see that this is not the case and that there's much more evidence that not all fats are created equally. And some fats are really very beneficial beneficial for us. And olive oil is one of those ones that is really up there. And four tablespoons for a day, to my mind, is really quite a lot. Now, one of the things about fat, if you're thinking about how you're eating, is that it helps you feel full up. Now, beyond that, it obviously gives you some benefits that, you know, we need fats um, in our body. Um, And I personally have found this really difficult to really release the amount of olive oil I permit myself to eat. Now, I have never, ever stuck to or never wanted to eat a low fat diet. However, I realized that I have always had this idea that I don't want to eat too much. So I realized that when I have made salad dressings with olive oil in the past, I've been 
restricting myself on the amount of olive oil that um, I previously ate. Whereas now I am much more liberal with olive oil. And I find that it really helps a salad to help me feel satisfied when I am eating it at lunchtime. So give olive oil a go. And I would say there are amazing recipes. So my favorite are salad dressing. I just make really easy salad dressing with olive oil and vinegar and mustard, specifically Dijon mustard, because that's the one I like. Just whiz it up and use it. Other things are pesto and you can make a mayonnaise with an olive oil. Really different ways of just using it as a source to brighten up your food. And here in Spain, any restaurant that you go to, any house that you go to will have olive oil on the table. And people use it like we would use butter in the UK. So they would dribble it on their bread or just scatter it on some vegetables. And I think this is an amazing tip. Make too many vegetables and eat them cold the next day with some olive oil on them and call it a Mediterranean style salad. Super, super easy. Now, whilst we're talking about olive oil, living here in Spain, I notice some differences between the UK culture and Spanish culture. And one thing that I really notice is that people in Spain are quite picky about the produce they get. Obviously not everybody, but a lot of people are. So for example, my friend Teresa will really buy the best quality olive oil and she will talk about where she buys olive oil. Oh, those people from the south of Spain. The south of Spain is miles from us. They're coming up and we're going to get our olive oil from them. Or yesterday she told me that she was going to get some biscuits called nueles. And these are a special biscuit that you get at Christmas time, apparently. And we were standing outside a reasonably expensive and good quality shop. And she showed them to me because I wasn't really sure what they are. And she said to me, I'm going to go and go to Toroea tomorrow. Toroea is about 20 minutes from wheel. And I'm specifically going to go there to go to this specific cake shop to buy these amazing nueles. And I will give you some. So I will keep you posted if they ever arrive, because she wasn't sure she would make it. But just this slight mindset change of, I am going to buy this really expensive produce, which is quite similar to the cheaper one, but I think that really helps us to think about what we're eating, help us become more mindful of what we're eating. And we'll do another whole session on mindful eating. And this is one thing I really notice in Spain. I also notice a lot of variety, a lot of variety and seasonal food. Now, it is easy to shop seasonally in Spain because they produce so much amazing fruit and vegetables. So my apples are grown 20 minutes in Toroea away. And I know that I'm in a very privileged state. But they also do other things. So for example, in the springtime, lots of wild asparagus come out and everyone goes to the woods to pick wild asparagus. And in February, sea urchins, it's sea urchin um, season. And these little sea urchins are really prickly. They're very, very beautiful. I will find a photograph and post it on the notes that come with this. And you get this tiny, tiny amount and you pay at least a euro per sea urchin. So you're paying over a euro for a tiny half a teaspoon full of taste. Now, they are an acquired taste. I'm not quite sure I really like them. Um, but people really love these different things. And so, as Teresa says, they eat a little bit of everything and not a lot of anything. 
Now, clearly not everybody, but the majority of people. So let's get back to um, recommended in the Mediterranean style diet. So this is the diet that they put on the study. Olive oil, more than four tablespoons a day. Nuts and peanuts, more than three servings a week. Now, I think nuts are amazing. They are a good source of protein and fats, good fats, and they are really great as a healthy snack. I'm not going to go into snacks today, but snacks are, a lot of people have this idea that snacks don't count. They do count. And I think they can make or break your healthy eating day. So fresh fruits, three or more servings per day, fresh vegetables, two or more servings a day. Now, fish, especially fatty fish, oily fish, we would call it, and seafood, more than three servings a week. And when we distinguish between fatty fish and white fish, the fatty fish is a good source of omega-3, which is a good fat that we want. Legumes, so legumes are um, things like garbanzo beans, chickpeas, um, lentils, more than three servings a week. So I think this is another big difference I see in the Mediterranean style diet, that we're getting more of our fuel from legumes, which typically in a more Western diet is lacking. Now, sofrito, more than two um, servings a week. What is sofrito? If you aren't from Spain, you probably haven't heard of sofrito. And what it is, is the basis for all Spanish recipes. If you open a Spanish recipe book, they all start with sofrito. And essentially, they take a batch of onions and a batch of tomatoes, and they cook them up really slowly in olive oil. And you cook this really, really slowly, so that at the end, you're left with this gloopy um, paste, which you then use as a base for your salsa. So much thicker than something like passata, which you would find in Italy. It's kind of solid. And Spanish people, if they have the traditional way of cooking, they will do this regularly and then you can keep it and use it throughout the week. White meat instead of red meat. Wine with meals, and this was optional only for habitual drinkers, so seven glasses a week, which was basically one glass a day. And another caveat on that, I think the glass was a small glass, rather than when you go into a bar or a restaurant, particularly in the UK, and I presume in other places, the glasses are huge, much, much bigger than your standard style glass. So now I see that what we're considering to be a small glass is what we used to consider to be a large glass. So this actually has a name and it's called portion distortion. And over years, portions that have been presented to us have crept up and got bigger and bigger, such that what we now consider to be a normal portion is much, much bigger than it was 50 years ago or so. So let me just recap of the things that were recommended. Olive oil, four or more tablespoons a day, tree nuts and peanuts, three or more servings per week, fresh fruits, three or more servings per day, vegetables, two or more servings a day, fish, especially fatty fish and seafood, three or more servings per week, legumes, three or more servings per week, sofrito, two or more servings per week, white meat instead of red meat, and wine with meals optionally only for habitual drinkers. And what they discouraged was soda drinks. And they said you could have less than one drink 
a day. So that's no drinks. Commercial bakery goods, sweets and pastries, less than two servings a week. So that is essentially one serving a week. Spread fats, less than one serving a day, essentially none. Red and processed meats, less than one serving a day. And I chat to Vary, the cancer specialist, about red meat and processed meats. So check out that podcast, which will be released soon. Now, in the control diet, so the diet that the other people had, the low-fat diet, they recommended low-fat dairy products and bread and potatoes, pasta and rice, fresh fruits, vegetables, lean fish and seafood. And what they discouraged was vegetable oils, including olive oil, commercially baked goods, sweets and pastries, nuts and fried snacks, red and processed fatty meats, visible um, fat in meats and soup they were told to remove. And I have to confess, that is a habit that I have. Um, Fatty fish, seafood in canned oils was discouraged and spread fats and sofrito were, um, were discouraged. Now, just um, looking at the tags, it says the amount of olive oil includes oil for cooking and salads and oil consumed in meals eaten outside the home. And in the group assigned to the Mediterranean diet with extra virgin olive oil, the goal was to consume 50 grams, approximately four tablespoons or more per day, of polyphenol-rich olive oil supplied instead of the ordinary refined variety, which is poor in polyphenols. So this does bring up... Um, this question about quality of olive oil. So that is in a nutshell, the Mediterranean style diet. And if I were to make blanket suggestions based on this, I would say what we're really looking at is reducing our amount of starchy, refined white carbohydrates. So things like pasta and rice and bread and replacing them with more interesting and exciting things like whole grains, um, bulgur wheat, pearl barley, um, spelter um, and using things like lentils and vegetables as a different source of energy. And thinking about using nuts and seeds, which are super easy to add into our diet, adding in more fish and more vegetables. There you have it. The Mediterranean style diet in a nutshell, super easy, super fun and really enjoyable. When you start on this diet, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to feel fit and fabulous. So I have made a handout for you, which goes through the recommendations that they had or the diet that they used in this study. And I've also put together some ideas for you, because when you start changing things, it can be difficult. You might think, okay, well, I want to cut out pizza, but what am I going to eat instead? So the idea behind this handout is that it gives you a list of lots of fruit and vegetables just to get you thinking, ah, what can I start eating? If you want to grab your handout of the Mediterranean style diet, you will find it at drorina.com and you can sign up there. Now, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to seeing you next week.